Do you want to grow more in love with Jesus? How about growing more in love with yourself? If so, then this is the podcast for you. Join your host, Caitlin Ryan, on Grasping Grace as we navigate conversations that allow you to grow deeper in intimacy with Jesus while growing in love with who He has called you to be. Grab your coffee, grab your Bible, and let's get into this week's episode. What's up? What's up? What's up, everyone? Thank you for choosing Grasping Grace podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Ryan, for those of you who are new here. And I just thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this week's podcast. Make sure that you rate this podcast, give it a little review, let me know what you think. And if you haven't, go follow my Instagram at Grasping Grace Podcast. Okay, guys, so I'm really excited about this week. Uh, I have my pastor here with me, Pastor Chris Allman from New Bethel Church here in Bogalusa, Louisiana. It's our first interview podcast, so I just have to throw this out there. So we're working some kinks out, learning some new things on what to do. So everyone, Pastor Chris Allman, yay! <laughs> I just want to firstly say thank you so much for jumping on to record this podcast with us. And just to honor you as my pastor and just say I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And I just want people listening to be able to glean from you. Amen. Uh, to learn, you know, from your, your experience as pastoring a church and to just kind of get to know you and your story. So we've got some questions that we wrote down. And uh, first, just want to give you pastor an opportunity to just tell the people your story how did you meet jesus amen where'd you come from amen i just want to say uh just thankful and grateful to be be a part of what's going on with your podcast and i believe god's doing some some awesome things and i'm excited to be here excited to share excited just to be a part of what god's doing and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it amen <laughs> lord growing up I was, you know, I was not raised in church. I, um, I had a good family, but going through school, do what boys do, you know, pretty much um, found myself drinking, found myself smoking, and I consider myself, you know, to be an agnostic or an atheist because of the fact that uh, I didn't have anything to do with God, I didn't know about God, wasn't looking for God any of those things and uh, I found myself hanging out with some crowds of um, that was involved in some different things of you know like Wicca and found myself oftentimes actually making fun of people in the church found myself in high school as they were going to pray I, I remember something very vividly that I would make fun of Christians and I said this statement that I'll never forget I said I, you'll never find me praying to an invisible God you cannot see and I said that's so stupid and I was talking to one of my friends that was involved in Wicca I'll never forget that statement that I made I was very prideful I was I was angry I was lost I didn't I didn't have no no future I couldn't really see past tomorrow what started shifting in my life is I met a girl who's now my wife and um, we had a kid I was actually just turning 16 and we had a little baby 
not playing, of course, but um, God knows everything. He's got everything in control. So having this little this little baby come into my life really started to shift things in my life and I had to start looking for a job, had to start looking for some income, and I found this place, uh, started working, and it was the uh, gentleman, my boss, that invited me probably five or six times <laughs> before I ever made a decision to go. And I didn't make the decision to go to church. I actually went to a birthday party. And um, at the birthday party, uh, I felt welcomed and I felt this love that I have not ever experienced before. And this wasn't even at church. It was at a birthday party. And these ladies was hugging on me and loving on me. And I was, man, I was like, what is this? And I was trying to look for the exit to get out of there as quick as I could. Same gentleman. Uh, as we was working, he was always singing, he was always happy, he was always joyful. And I was like, what is this? This is crazy. But I would always just push it to the back burner. And uh, he kept inviting me and finally one day I went to church and I heard the gospel for the first time in my life. Like I said, I never went to church before. I, I've always, uh, at an early age, I went to vacation Bible school maybe once, twice, three times, but that was it. Never heard the gospel before never really knew about Jesus. I knew of God, but I never really knew why Jesus came, honestly. Didn't know why he came to the earth, didn't know why he died, didn't know any of those things. I didn't know it was for me, didn't know it was for my life. I found myself going to back to service one, two, three times, and I, I experienced, and I remember so vividly, uh, I, I started, like, man, at nighttime questioning my life, my my purpose, why am I here? All these things start going through my mind. I, I remember vividly saying to myself, these people have something that's absent from my life. I know laughter. I know what I consider to be good times, happy, but they have something else that's different. It's on a whole different level. And man, uh, I found out later that's called joy. So I found myself at the altar giving my life to Jesus, not just me. Uh, our church was in kind of revival at the time. I seen many of my classmates give their life to God too. And it was just a really, really powerful shift in my life. From And the rest is uh, kind of history. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. In the midst of all of that, like how far along was Amy and was Destiny born like in your time of meeting Jesus? Amy, she grew up in church. She always went to church. Um, she always had a relationship with the Lord of some sort, you know. I think when I really surrendered my heart to Jesus, I was a senior in high school. I really started, um, I really started pursuing the Lord more. And, um, you know, there was several times spent at the altar. It wasn't just one time. It was several times spent at the altar, God dealing with me about different things that I was going through. But I can really say my senior year in high school was where things really started to transform. Wow. And life stopped becoming, you know, stopped being about me. I was very prideful, self-centered, uh, arrogant. I never really got way out on drugs or anything like that. but. You know, the drinking stopped, the, the smoking weed stopped, all those things uh, God started pulling out of my life. And um, the, the freedom from lust, I was very lustful. Um, all those things really, God started pulling out of my life. I started experiencing freedom 
that I never experienced before. What do you think, like, for my youngins that are listening to this, uh, as you stated, like, you were a senior in high school where you were coming to know the Lord on top of becoming a new father, and, you know, you just met the Lord at a birthday party and didn't even realize it, right? And I love how Jesus just, like, encounters us in the most unconventional and conventional (laughs) ways but what would you say to like seniors or youth that are just kind of like almost afraid to live out loud for the Lord in that kind of way I would say that one of the number one things really shifted my life at an early age was stop listening to other people yeah stop listening to all the voices we're we're living in a generation that's even worse than when I grew up. Oh, there's so many persuasions. There's so many things to persuade you to do this. There's so many things to persuade you to do that. And I just uh, had to, one at a time, start breaking away from people that were terrible influences for my life. Um, I had several people in school, you know, through rough days and bad bad days that would tell me, you know, that I needed to end my life. Mm. It's just serious as that, you know. They were... Uh, hurting just as bad as I was hurting they were miserable and a lot of them were pursuing satanic things and so yeah we we have to be be mindful if you want to be who God is calling you to be to stop listening to other voices that are not speaking what he's saying and um, yeah that's what I had to do as tough as that is I built relationships with people for four and five years in school and I start one by one having to pull away from them. God made it, actually, if you start making that effort, God will make it easier for you to do that. Voices are so important. Don't listen to all the voices that are trying to pull you away from God. Start surrounding yourself with with people that believe like you believe. Yeah. And uh, start finding, um, I would say, mentors that are older than you are to start gleaning from, to start getting with, um, and start talking to, and let them start um, speaking life into you, let them start speaking truth into you, and let them help on that journey to pull you out. Hallelujah. How long have you been a pastor, and how did you step into that? I've been pastoring as a, a senior pastor, I guess you consider, for six years, about six years now, and I was doing youth ministry for about six years. I can remember really what the call of God was in so if you want to know if you're in a position and place right now to where you're, you're think, you think the Lord's calling you, but you're not sure, I can remember uh, things like uh, going on youth trips and, and, you know, worshiping the Lord, but at the same time taking inventory of your surroundings, looking around you and seeing uh, young people with tears in their eyes and worshiping mm-hmm. God. I, I can remember at the age of uh, 20, we're going on these youth trips. I wasn't the youth pastor at that time. I was just part of the youth group, but I was just drawn to um, teenagers, just giving giving their hearts to the Lord, and it just started making an impact on my life. And it and it's like that's who I am. That's who I'm called to be. That that's what I feel in my heart and my life. So if you if you find yourself in moments like that and you see moments like that of yourself looking around and taking in inventory and you have this passion just burning within you saying that that is so viable, that is so important, then that may be what God is calling you to. So with the youth ministry, that's kind of what drew me to that. It was 
couple years later, God, God moved, God touched, God transformed a lot of young people's lives, mm-hmm. and it's just so so exciting to see that. I came in almost six years. So let's see, I got saved August 9th of 2015, and I came in like right around November of 2015, and it'll be almost six years. So I probably came to the church right about the time where you had just stepped into senior pastoring. And how did you get into that, uh, becoming a senior pastor? God has his hand in, in everything, every situation. Totally. Some Sometimes to bring you into your destiny, you'll go through difficult seasons. And we were in seasons of um, unfortunate church um, issues, you know, as far as church going through battles financially, church was going through battles spiritually, we was going through battles attendance-wise, and our church began to dwindle down from what it was, dwindled down and split at three different times. Just, um, we had a, a series of different things happening. We had um, a lot of our leadership moving to different towns, different cities, moving away. We had some church hurt happening. Mm-hmm. and. I had just a awesome, awesome experience with some interim pastors that began to encourage and coach and began to, to mentor uh, myself to, to prepare me, even though I was not even considering uh, becoming a senior pastor. Because to be honest, ministry is not all what it appears to be from the outside. There's, mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of internal things that there's a struggle for a lot of pastors that they go through the battles that they faced and um, being a youth pastor I, I sit on the board for that whole entire time as a youth pastor under two different pastors so I, I seen um, I seen the great things that could happen I seen the, the, the not so great things that could happen uh, in their life personally their family there's how many things it affects but it was through a difficult situation difficult season that God began to show me who I was as a leader and that it's you know it's easier to walk away a whole lot easier to walk away than it is to face what God is calling you to so it's through that stepping out and saying yes and I went alongside a an inner pastor for six months as we was training and equipping and moving forward and uh, begin to, to to pastor, and we took the church, and the church began to flourish. We began to see revival, seeing God move in a mighty way, touch a lot of lives, transfer, transform a lot of people. It's just when you say yes, even though it's a difficult yes, yeah. difficult season, <laughs> that you see what God's doing. You see what God's doing. You see what God's saying, and. Uh, it's it's a beautiful thing. I always find like it's always in the difficult parts or the difficult seasons where it's like, okay, yes, okay, yes, I'm gonna say yes to this, I'm gonna say yes to that. When it's easy, it's just kind of like, okay, whatever. But when it's in that difficult moment, it's always there's always a yes that's gonna be followed right behind the difficult moment. Amen. Absolutely. And I think, too, this is like this shows the importance of getting up underneath some people who believe in you and who believe in your calling and believe what God has on your life that is willing to say, hey, I believe in you. I believe in what the Lord is saying over you. And I'm 
going to coach you. I'm going to, to teach you and help you basically step up into to who you're you're called to be because a lot of times I know for me personally and you know this we talk about this a lot um feeling unqualified or feeling inferior to what God is saying over your over your life and who you are and it's always so important to just get up underneath some people that see you and see him right absolutely so as as a youth pastor that was years before that and you know it may have been time and it may have been fear but but there was a, a pastor that was calling me out and saying, you know, God's calling you to be a pastor and you're not doing it. You know, you're not, you're not stepping up. You need to start stepping up and being who God's called you to be. And um, i never forget those words. And I think personally, you know, it wasn't the timing, but those words were needed to be spoken for when the timing did come for, for me to not, you know, strive on fear. And with the inner pastor come along beside me, he really started speaking truth into my life. Yeah, God, God done it. God, He bring it to fruition. He bring it to pass. It would have never happened as easy without men of God hearing from the Lord, yeah. praying, and believing, and uh, impartation, and all these things, and mentorship and coaching. So our younger ones coming up really need to hear that. They really need to hear that there's more in you than what you're in. Mm-hmm. That's what you're living out. There's more uh, that God wants to pull you into. There's you, you have more to offer to the body of Christ than what you're currently in and yeah. what you're currently living out. And, um, yes, those things are valuable, important for our young ones coming up. So, like, the object or the point behind the podcast is basically there's going to be the hard things that are going to come up. There's going to be um, the things that are difficult. There's going to be things that sometimes may not be uh, covered in a everyday Sunday lesson. And that's what I love about this podcast is that you can also listen to other people's stories and listen to other people's things that they've been through and be able to learn from that perspective as well. And so in that, what do you wish uh, someone would have told you before saying yes to pastoring? And it's kind of a two-part. In that, what have been some of your hardest moments? Absolutely. So there's a scripture in Matthew 26, 39 through 42. It says, 39, it says, He went a little further and bowed his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible that this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you, you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And Jesus left for the second time and prayed, My Father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. So my question oftentimes, um, in, especially in, in difficult situations, um, but, but more or less something that was not mentioned to me or really taught to me or really spoken to me is, is what Jesus is facing right here. One of the biggest things that I had to learn and didn't have an idea about was the fact that that people are going to make decisions and do things mostly unknowingly and these things will try to affect you personally Mm. and but you have to learn not to let them hit you personally even even though sometimes it can most of the time is unintentionally but sometimes it is so what was in that cup that Jesus didn't want to drink Um, we know that you know, we know that the the lashes, the beatings, the the 
the, the mocking, all these things, uh, the crucifixion was in that cup that Jesus didn't want to drink. But also we have to understand, could it be Judas that was in that cup that Jesus didn't want to drink? Could it be, could, oh, it, could it be the kiss upon the cheek that Judas brought to him that Jesus didn't want to drink? Could it be the, all the disciples that he uh, spent those three years with and uh, became very close to them teaching them and and training them up and raising them up and 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 all these awesome things that jesus was was doing in life could it be that betrayal he that he knew that this betrayal was going to take place and that all not some but all of his disciples was going to betray him they were going to 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 leave and he was going to be alone he was going to be isolated he was going to be completely by himself and in ministry um oftentimes what we don't know going in one of the things i had to learn is there's going to be moments like that in our lives where uh, people we love come into our lives and unintentionally they're they're going to hurt us in some form or fashion they're going to hurt us in some way and early on i can see myself um, taking things way too personal mm. taking things way too personal by people coming in building relationships and then god moving them on down to to a different ministry or different things like that. So uh, if you're in ministry, understand there's going to be moments where things that there's an opportunity uh, for things to be taken personally in your life. And if you see that and you realize that and understand that, you don't have to take any of those things personally. You don't have to take any of those things personally because God's in control. Right. He, he knows who is supposed to be around you. He knows who's supposed to be in your life, and he knows who's best not to be in your life. Going into ministry, I had no idea about this, this feel of rejection, this, this feel of betrayal, this feel of isolation, this feel of loneliness. Uh, Jesus had to fight through these things to a greater cause and that's what we have to understand too as well um, there's a greater cause this life is laid down before Christ right. for for the gospel and there's lives on the other side of hurt of the other side of pain of the other side of betrayal there's lives that's that are still going to be touched by God there's there's families that are still going to be touched by God if you would just keep fighting keep mm -hmm. moving forward mm -hmm. and don't give up in moments where it's easy to give up. What would you say would be like the healthiest process in that in recognizing, oh, I'm experiencing rejection. Oh, I'm experiencing like these things that people are saying and, and it's hurting me. Like what, what's, what was your process in some of those moments where you were able to recognize it and then get past it? Obviously a lot of prayer for sure. <laughs> Obviously. First Corinthians nine sixteen is a scripture that, uh, that oftentimes it would come back to my remembrance. He says, yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I'm compelled by God to do it. Yeah. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. I would say what will get you through any battle, especially that kind of battle, is an understanding that no matter what man has said, no matter what any person has has said to you or in your life or come through your life no matter what's happened in your life um god loves you god loves you and you're called by god not by man and god uh he meets all of those uh feelings right where you're at 
to know that you're loved by God. No greater love than this than a man lay down his life for his brothers. We know that Jesus completed the greatest love that could be completed, and that was going to the cross and dying for me. Just so important for us to go back to that in our lives often, to revisit that, that I am in this because of God. Yeah. Man did not call me into this. That's what Paul is saying here. I am compelled by God to do it. Ministry is you living out a love relationship with your father. Mm. And it, that's what ministry is. Um, you're loved by God first. You're loved by God first. No matter what's happening in your life, God's there to be all that you need him to be. And it's leaning on him, depending on him, and having a right relationship with him, spending time with him that will cause you to not be affected by what's going on around you. That's good. That's really good. Have there ever been moments, I know, so like for me personally, um, as a youth pastor, there have been moments where I've been like, God, I can't do this. The kids wouldn't listen. I'd be like, God, I can't do this. Have there ever been moments, or really, honestly, when you're not seeing the fruit of, of what you've been just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, have there been moments where you've just kind of wanted to throw in the towel? Yes, absolutely. What you said was probably the, the number one reason that, for me personally, of saying it's easier to just not move forward than it is to, to keep going. Not being fruitful is one of the number one reasons that's come across my screen to just say it's easier to move on. And a lot of times, deception a lot of times, because you're being way more fruitful usually than you even realize that you're being without even trying to be. Mm. So that's kind of a, a throw tactic from the enemy, that you're not being effective, that you're not changing lives, you're not touching lives, you're not being who God has called you to be. You would see very quickly something that I heard an evangelist say, quitting is not something that's in God's vocabulary. That's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> quitting is not. It's not, a, it's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Giving up, it's not something that God does. God wins. He's victorious. Quitting is always easier than facing what's happening. Wow. So if you understand that, that the enemy that as soon as you're being tested, as soon as you're going into battle, as soon as, as, soon as you uh, are facing opposition, understand that the enemy is always going to throw you that bone to quit, that he's going to try to give you an easy way out, an easy way out. And quitting has way more side effects than continuing has. Quitting don't just affect you. Quitting affects every person that you've been in, been in the battle with, been, that you've been fighting with, that you've been praying with. Just in my personal feelings, when times I, that I said, it, hey, it's, it's time to, to throw in the towel, um, it's, it's when times that I can see that I was walking mostly in my flesh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that old flesh. I heard somebody say one time that, you are literally walking in victory, and the only time that you're not walking in victory is when you quit. 
Absolutely. Like I agree 100% with that. Actually, I just heard that yesterday, so it's totally timely <laughs> that we're talking about this because I was like, wow, that was really good. Um, so outside of all of the heavy stuff that we've been talking about, because I'm always such a heavy hitter at first in these podcasts, what have been some of your most favorite moments as a pastor? Like what, what can you say – what some of your favorite moments are and can you like remember a specific moment where you were just like yep yeah, this is exactly it this is it for me very fun question very <laughs> awesome question and this is what makes makes it all worth it as a follower of Jesus and a minister for the gospel um I heard an evangelist say that the greatest proof of the gospel is a changed life yeah that's the greatest proof of the gospel being successful or being effective is a changed life so I can always look back and say my favorite moments is seeing people being changed by God yeah and there's nothing even close to a comparison to that um, a close second if you had a close second is seeing people grow in the Lord yeah. and becoming five years from now something that they were not even close to it's just amazing seeing marriages restored seeing families changed building relationships with people and see god grow in relationships but one of the most overlooked things that i look back and say it's been amazing is being there for some for for people in their difficult in their most difficult seasons is one of my favorite things I can look back and say thank you God that's been one of my favorite things about the gospel is when I face adversity people came into my life to speak life to speak the word of, of the Lord and things got better things changed I love that I it's always like my favorite thing is to just lift people up and encourage them and just be their cheerleader in their times of difficult moments I think I'm like you in that I love seeing people encounter the Lord in such a beautiful way. I love seeing souls coming into the kingdom and saying yes to Jesus for the first time, but I really love championing people and um, just lifting them up, you know, like, hey, this is really hard for you right now, and I see it, but God's got this, and we're going to go through this with you, and you're not alone, and I, and I, I love that aspect of ministry so I'm so glad that you mentioned that and even you know that being some of your favorite parts as well absolutely yes 100% um, yeah God's uh, he got people in all sorts of seasons and he's got people in position ready yeah. to minister to all walks of life to all seasons and all situations to be able to help where there is help needed God's uh, amazing in that fact to do that and just to be a part of that, there's no no greater feeling in the world. What is some advice that you would give to the listeners right now if they are getting ready to step into ministry, step into leadership position, or um, becoming pastor, worship leader, etc.? I, I, you've kind of had your hand in all of it, actually, because for those of you who don't know, uh, Pastor Chris also plays the drums <laughs> on our worship team. And then he comes off of the drums and he preaches a fiery message. So he's got his hands in a lot. So, like, what would be some advice to give to the people? 
the number one advice I can give to anybody that's um, doing anything for God or stepping into any type of ministry is spending time with your father. That's that's number one. That has yeah. to be priority. I heard a evangelist say, if you don't pray, you won't stay. But if you don't fast, you won't last. <laughs> and that's and that's Man. that's so true. And it that both of those statements revolve around this one fact. I want to be closer to God. Yes. I want to be closer to my Father. Ministry is not done out of works. It's it's it, it's not successful out of works. It's only something that can be accomplished through the Spirit of God and yeah. through operating in the Holy Spirit. So my number one to any person that's stepping into ministry, preparing for ministry, preparing for worship, preparing for any of those things, getting alone with your Father, whether it be on car rides, whether it be on trans, transporting back and forth to work, back and forth to school, back and forth to whatever whatever you're doing, you have to pick your moments, give him time, spend time, because it's spending time with him that he shows us who we are. He shows us what direction to take, what steps to make. When you're spending time in your Father's presence, your vision's going to be better, your hearing's going to be better, your listening's going to be better, your obedience is going to be better, Lord. your response is going to be better. Everything's going to be better when you're spending time with your Father and you get in His presence. And that's that's my greatest advice. I saw a post the other day, and I'm, I'm going to botch the post. I don't remember it like verbatim, but it said something along the lines of how am I supposed to <laughs> you probably saw it how am i supposed to spend time with the lord or do this or do that when ministry it said when ministry takes up 12 hours of my day and the response that somebody said to that was that's not ministry that's captivity it's captivity <laughs> yeah. absolutely and i think any time that you're surrounding yourself with just ministry go 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 and being so ministry minded and you're not actually sitting in the presence of the Lord and just spending time with your father. You're just totally in your flesh, totally in your works. You're a son, you're a daughter first. Mm. So uh, that relationship between you, son, daughter, with the father is the most important relationship that you can have over any other relationship. Number one, foremost, we have to understand that son, daughter is, is who the father sees. He does not see me as a pastor does not see me as a worship leader. He does not see me as an apostle. He does not see me uh, as an evangelist. He does not see me as all of these all of these things. That is the gospel. That is how the the kingdom works. The government works. But first and foremost, God sees me as a son, and I operate from the position of sonship in the kingdom of God. I operate in the position of sonship that all of these things uh, take care of themselves. And uh, yes, ministry will never be effective by how much time you put in to ministry. Mm -hmm. Ministry will only be effect effective by the time that you spend with your father. Right. That's good. That's so good. Well, I just want to say thank you again so much for jumping on and being the first person that I interview on my podcast. I'm really excited. <laughs> again, thank you so much. And I'm wondering if you will just close us out in prayer absolutely first i just want to say i thank god for you caitlin ryan i think um i thank the lord for everything that god's done and everything that god's doing everything that god's going to do in the future it's an honor and a privilege to be on grasping grace and it's an honor and privilege to see 
what God has started and what God is going to bring grasping grace and what he's going to bring grasping grace into. So let's pray today. Father, we just thank you. We give you praise today. Lord, for every person listening and, and that will listen to this broadcast, God, whatever they're facing, whatever they're battling, whatever they're fighting, whatever they're going through today, we know that every plan, every plan that you have for their life, God, we know that it will prevail, that they will be victorious. We come against every scheme and every plan, every attack of the enemy that's speaking to their lives. We silence the fear, the depression, the anxiety, the addiction, all those voices that have been trying to shape them and mold them and make them. God, we rebuke every scheme, plan of the enemy. Mm. We speak life. Yeah. We speak life over every person that's listening. We speak victory. God, you're bringing, you're bringing them, sons and daughters, into their purpose and that are calling. God, you're, you're causing our hearts to make time to spend with you, to be with you. God, and that's what we speak of every person's life, is listening. We give you the praise for doing it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. I pray that it has blessed you. It has helped you, educate you in so many ways. Um, if you want to learn more from pastor chris if you don't have a church family and you're in the bugaloosa area come by we also have a facebook page it's called new bethel church so you can find us on facebook from there and if nobody's told you today that they love you i love you stay safe be blessed